right. Welcome back to Wandering Mouse. I'm Mary. And I'm Tom. Well, last week, we talked a little bit too long. So we're going to try <laughs> to make this one a little bit shorter. We realized that we just got so excited about the parks and how much we love them. We're going to try to keep this one a little bit shorter. We did bring our cocktails to this recording. So uh, if you hear any clinking, that's what it is. So this is episode two of our introductory Disney how do we do this thing? Yes. How do we do Disney? How do you do it? All right. So the first episode we talked about planning, thinking about hotel choices, what your crew likes to do and those kinds of things. And then on this episode, we're going to talk more about like, what are you going to do when you get there? And what's your day going to look like? Our very overarching cardinal rule that we talked about is thou shalt know thy crew and how you roll. Correct. Where this comes into play is we've got a couple of options here when we're attacking the parks. You can be a rope drop type of folk, or you can be a we're going to close the park down type of folk. I suppose you could be a combination and do rope drop to park A lot close, of people do that, I think. And that is just not, I can't do that. <laughs> I don't, there is not enough energy in this body to, to do rope drop. So, so what is rope drop? Yeah, what is rope drop? Well, it is actually what it sounds like they actually do have a rope to block off people getting into the park but they will let you into a certain into a certain point in each park and then at a certain point i'm trying to think of like magic kingdom will open at 9 a.m on a given day and it's just a loose guideline in reality what they do is they open the gates about 30 minutes early so at 8 30 they're going to let people in in reality the way this plays out is they really open it up around 8.15, 8.10, sometimes even as early as 8 o'clock. So they will open up the gates and allow people to go into a certain section of any given park. And then as you walk towards a certain section of the park, they will have cast members there holding a rope. Mm -hmm. And the intention here with Rope Drop, those folks that can get into the park early... If you're staying on property, they're going to allow you into the park 30 minutes early. So you get a 30-minute head start from everybody else who's coming to the park that day. And you get to get on as many rides as you possibly can in that 30-minute time frame. But not all of the rides are available for rope drop. That was probably the one thing that was a little bit disappointing to me was that, you know, you get this idea of what rope drop is going to be. And you think that you're just going to have access to the whole park. And that's not really the case. A lot of the rides are closed or even the queue lines aren't even open when you get in there. But the thing that it does allow you to do is position yourself. So you, you know, the parks are big. If you have a ride that you really want to get on that's on the far side of the park, you're able to get started in that direction a lot sooner than the folks that are coming from off property. This little introduction into rope dropping doesn't give you enough information to know how to do it. It just lets you know that that option is there. To be able to take advantage of that, you're going to have to get up early. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to get on the transportation. If you're staying off property, you're not going to have this availability to to do rope drop. You're going to be able to get into the park early, but then you're going to be held up at the rope and they won't let you pass. They will scan your your magic band, they'll they'll scan your phone, they'll scan your, your ticket to see if you're staying on property. And if you're not, they do not allow you past the rope. 
If you're staying on property, you're going to have to get up early. You're going to have to get on that transportation, get to the park. You've just had a long day in the park the day before. You're tired. It was a long day. And now you're going to have to get up early and potentially do rope drop for the next day. So Is that the type of people you are? Yeah. I mean, and you might want to be. Like, if you know this is a once-in-a-lifetime trip and you're never going to be able to do this again, you might want to do that. The other thing you have to think about is when you're planning your day is when you do your parks because some parks close earlier. That might be a great day to do a park that opens really early the next day because they do open at different times. Kind of thinking about how you plan that out might help because Magic Kingdom can stay open pretty late, and but Animal Kingdom opens very early. You might want to do that in reverse where Animal Kingdom opens early, but it closes a little early have a little bit more relaxing evening, and then be ready to go in early to Magic Kingdom because that's a longer day. It is all about strategy. Mm -hmm. And, and, And I think this is where travel agents really play a huge role is that there is just so much to know. Yeah. I mean, you, it, it's not, it's not like going to Six Flags where I get a ticket for the day and I go ride whatever I want to ride. There's so much more involved. So right. the other the other aspect of this is, am, am I going to take it to park close? You got to know which park stays open late, and you got to have a strategy for that. And then Magic Kingdom and Epcot will have extended evening hours where they will stay open an additional two hours for certain guests. Mm-hmm. And if you're staying on property, you can take advantage of that. But you need to know what days those occur. Right. And, and there's a strategy for that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, that, that's an opportunity in those two hours where the park is closed to the general population that you can get a lot accomplished. If you're there to ride rides and you want to, you know, get as many, as many rides in as, as possible, the, the number of guests in the park are going to be a lot lower. Right. And that's a good kind of segue into extended day. You Start at Magic Kingdom 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.30 in the morning. That park can potentially stay open to 11 o'clock at night, I think even occasionally at midnight. That's a long day to spend in the park. There's different experiences for each of those things. So starting at the beginning of the day, opening the park, officially opening it is a great experience to see, but also the fireworks at the end of the night. And then the extended hours giving you all that access to the rides with a lot less lines. But that's a long day. You can plan some time in the middle of the day. You have plenty of time to leave for two, three hours in the middle of the day, get out of the sun um, or stay in the sun and just hang out at the pool take a nap. A lot of people take naps. If they have little ones, put them down for a nap and just kind of relax on the balcony for a while. Just kind of taking a little rest off your feet. And that allows you to kind of do that beginning of the day and end of the day. And, and that's where the, the tactics really play, play a, a part is if that's your intent, I'm going to go to the Magic Kingdom and it's going to be on a day where it's going to have extended evening hours to make that much more advantageous if i know that's what i want to try and accomplish then i would to get the biggest bang for my buck i would want to stay at one of the monorail resorts to make that happen if i stayed at the contemporary or at polynesian or grand floridian i mean i grand floridian and hey i said it hey you did and the contemporary i could walk from the park i don't need to take transportation it's a five minute walk yeah more walking but (laughs) It, it's still an option. Yeah. To give you an example, 
We did this Magic Kingdom day. We were staying at Shades of Green, which is just right across the street from Polynesian. Used to be a really nice, easy walk. Uh, Used to be a simple walk. We went to the park. We did rope drop. We got to the point where, all right, it's time to go. We need to go back to the hotel. We need to just chill out for a while. We left the park around noon, went, took the monorail to the Polynesian, walked from the Polynesian to Shades of Green, hung out at the pool. We went swimming. I, I think we got back to the park around 5, hit it again until after fireworks. That day, when we stepped back into the room, we looked at our step counters, <laughs> and from park open for rope drop all the way to park close with we did not have extended evening hours that day 29,000 steps <laughs> with a 14 year old and an 8 year old and not a and Peep. they they were they were troopers during the whole thing yeah they were amazing i was really i was wanting more than they were <laughs> i was too my feet were killing me and they were great huge yeah huge investment in time as well as being able to we're going to do some walking yeah. and it's going to be warm and we prepped them yep on the other side to that is make sure you know if there's any evening events going on because sometimes they do private events like for cast members they do the halloween party they do the christmas party and the park will close early to um, general guests if you're staying at the hotel i mean if you're if you have tickets for that day you might find out that the park is going to close at six o'clock unless you have the tickets to those after parties and those can be um, pretty expensive in themselves i mean they're over a hundred dollars each that you still have to get that to go in the park early so if you're going to spend the day at the park just kind of watch for that so when you're making your reservations you know um, how many hours you're going to have in that park that day all right so that's a lot of information to talk about just are we going to go early and are we going to stay late? How are we going to manage yeah. that? And that's all based on who's going to the park that day. Yep. What? Know thy crew. <laughs> all right. The next one is the types of rides. Yeah. Lots and of different types. Disney has kind of a set types of rides. You got your flat rides. You've got, these are the, the spinning rides. This is going to be like teacups. These are the rides that I don't want to ride. They, <laughs> they just go in a circle and they spin, and they've got different iterations of them at the different parts. I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> You've got what Disney refers to as dark rides. And, and the dark rides, there are multiple different types of iterations. But essentially, you're going onto a ride, and it's going to be inside of a building that is going to give you specific theming. The Haunted Mansion, yeah. that's a dark ride. It's also Pir- an Omnimover, which is that which continuous Which is another trek. piece. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean is a dark ride. It's a boat ride, but it is that dark ride concept. And essentially, you've got scenes and vignettes and animatronics that are going on. That's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean would be two classic dark rides. You've got roller coasters. Disney does have roller coasters, but these are not Six Flags, Cedar Point type roller coasters. Well, I mean, with the exception, yeah, there's a few exceptions. So I would say like Space Mountain is is a roller coaster, Tron, and Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, my favorite ride that I completely forgot the name of. Those are definitely roller coasters. There's the I thought. It's a small world was your favorite. Uh, no, I never said it. I love. I do love. It. It's a small world. Um, but Country Bear Jamboree. That 
Tiki Room? <laughs> Those are different than I thought they were. <laughs> like, as a child, I thought they were really great. <laughs> Maybe it's time and growing up. <laughs> roller coasters. Get back on track. Yeah, so lots of roller coasters. They also have simulators. So they do a lot of different simulators. They have Soarin'. They have Millennium Falcon. Flight of Passage is a great simulator ride. So they do... Mix it up. There's a lot of different ways that and they, they do kind it of different get, different yeah. ways, just like you said. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of rides that have similar things. Like the Little Mermaid ride is also an Omni Mover, and so is Figment. But they they feel different because their theming is just so different. But you get the concept. Like once you kind of figure out what the ride concept is, it makes easier to get on and off rides because yeah. you kind of understand how that. And works. Disney is always focused on the family. They do not want to exclude the youngest members of your family. So there are plenty of rides, plenty yes. of rides. And and the roller coasters, for the most part, for the most part, the roller coasters that you're going to encounter at Disney are not going to be thrill, thrill, thrill ride roller coasters, right. but they do have them. Yes, they're fun, but they're not going to be like, you know, where you're dropping straight down 155,000 feet, you yeah. know, <laughs> into the concrete, nothing like that. And the other thing that I think is really great about all Disney rides is that I've heard is a little bit different when Universal is Disney is very size inclusive. So most of their rides will work for people of multiple sizes. And uh, that's very comforting for people when you're going, nobody wants to feel like they can't get on a ride. Or get off. Or get off, yeah. Yeah. That is something to consider too. It's very size inclusive. So when you are strategizing your day at all the Disney theme parks, rides is one component. Mm -hmm. The next component is going to be the shows. Yeah. These vary in... Size, shape, magnitude, scale. I mean, these... Indoor, outdoor, yeah. So you've got stage shows. Magic Kingdom, they will do a stage show. They set up a stage right in front of the of the castle. They've got a scheduled time of when these shows occur. I think about Animal Kingdom and Festival of the Lion King. So or good. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. These are Broadway caliber shows with Broadway caliber performers. That is not an understatement either because they're much shorter, obviously, because they're getting you in and out. They have multiple shows going on throughout the day. But the quality of the show and then the one Frozen Ever After, is it? Is that what it's called? Frozen Sing-Along. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So good. I mean, you really do feel if you like Broadway shows at all, all of those are such great choices to go see. Full disclosure. (laughs) What? Mary and I absolutely love Broadway shows. Yeah, we we yeah. love going to, to the theater. I think that's part of our brain. I mean, that you either like Disney them or you don't. speaks yeah. to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we just talked about this yeah. the other day. Kind of like if you're a musical kind of person, and I am musical, but I don't sing per se. I know we met in a choir, but that was by chance and really some twisty, quirky Twist of fate. Twist of fate, yes, because that should never have happened that I was ever in a choir. But if you like that, if you like musicals, if you like, you know, all the Disney shows, all the different performances. Yeah, everything that is Disney in, like, on Disney Plus that you talk about is very much a part of the theme park. So if you like that, there's so much you're going to like that. If you even if you don't want to ride rides, if you're bringing family like parents or grandparents with you, there's just still so many different things that they can do while you're going on a ride. So you never have to feel like anybody's going to get left out. You've got stage shows. The next one, parades. Parades. There are multiple types of parades at, at each of the parks. Magic Kingdom has uh, cavalcades and then they have the full-blown parade. The cavalcades... They're five minutes, and they, they do. don't shut all the streets down. They just 
hey, here we're, we're coming down the street and enjoy the entertainment. Mm-hmm. The full-blown parade will shut down the streets and it, you'll be stuck for 30 minutes until the parade is, is yeah. complete. The next one would be street performers. They've got a lot of cool different street performers. Mm-hmm. Magic Kingdom, they've got the Dapper Dams. Yep. And in the in, at Halloween, they turn into... Oh my gosh, my brain just turned off. I'm going to think about it at 2 o'clock in the morning. I cannot remember. <laughs> anyway, the Dapper Dans are a barbershop quartet where they'll just they'll sing some Disney songs. At Epcot, they've got the Jammeters, which are a cleaning crew where they then pl- they flip over their garbage cans and they, they play on buckets and, and garbage cans and they're just drumming different beats. Mary? They're called the Cadaver Dans. The Cadaver Dans, jeez. <laughs> That's so awesome. I didn't know that. And then the last one would be the nighttime fireworks. So at Epcot, there's going to be a, a big one. Yeah. At Hollywood Studios, you've got one. And then Magic Kingdom, there's the incredible one. nighttime fireworks display, which then they also do projection all over the castle and projections down Main Street. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible. You've got rides, and then you've got shows. So you've got a lot of different things to pick from. What am I going to try and be entertained by? Do I want to do kind of thrilling rides? Do I want to do just fun rides? And this is where, again, you got to know your crew. Mm -hmm. You also have to recognize that Orlando weather is going to be a major, major component to how you complete your day. Before your vacation, you're going to have a plan. And you're going to say, this is what I got to accomplish. And you're going to show up day one of your vacation in Orlando. And Orlando weather is going to say, oh, that was cute. (laughs) That was so fun that you spent hours and hours and all that time putting together your plan. And we're going to, at these 15 minutes, we're going to watch this show. And so the um, weather is going to say, no. No, thank you. No, thank you. One of the things I would say is plan for a terrain. It will rain every single day. There is not a day, I don't think, well, I mean, I'm sure there are days, but the, most of the, the days there are. there's going to be some rain. Bringing a poncho with you, bringing shoes that if they get wet, they're going to dry pretty quickly. I would not recommend wearing flip-flops because no. you will slide and kill yourself. No. And make sure you have shoes that have good grip on them and that are comfortable. But yeah, the, there's many different options for that. All right, so the rides and the shows... There is so much going on in the in all of the parks. You're never going to get no, it done. There is no yeah. way in one day that you're going to hit every show and every ride. What Disney does is they've created an application on your phone, the My Disney uh, Experience. Experience app, which has a planner to allow you to better understand how to plan your day. And that's the Genie application. And basically, it's, it's like a, a kind of a personal assistant. Mm-hmm. You tell it your likes and dislikes and what you're interested in, and it will make recommendations during the course of the day. It'll give you the schedule for all the rides, schedule for all the shows. It'll tell you the current wait time for all of those Mm -hmm. different things, and it will allow you to plan your day a little bit easier. So there's a lot of debate on Genie Plus. You can That's do the next step up. Yes. Yeah, so Genie Plus is a, another planning tool. You have to pay for that service. And the price used to be a set price. And now it's a flexible price depending on how busy they are. I think I think the more busy they are, the higher the price will get. 
We the when we went with the kids, we got the Genie Plus, and it was at the fix. It was still at a fixed price at that point. Correct. There's a lot of debates. You're going to watch if you watch some videos, if you watch YouTube or anything on Genie Plus. Lots of videos on how to master Genie Plus. I recommend that you watch those videos because yes. it takes a long time to kind of really figure it out if you're going to use it. We felt like we were spending quite a bit of money on this vacation. And to us, it was worth every single penny to pay for Genie Plus because you are able to see and do so much more because you're not waiting in line as long. If you're going to spend that kind of money on a vacation, that's just one more investment that you're making into it. And it makes it so much more enjoyable. I mean, I, I, I had zero regrets for spending the money that we spent on that because and I understand like we only had a group of four and people are going with bigger groups and that can add up very quickly. But if if, if you <laughs> understand the basics, the Genie Plus basics and how can to book utilize it effectively, according to Disney's marketing material, the average human being should expect that when they pay for this Genie Plus service, that they will get about two to three rides in the lightning lane. We didn't come even close. We blew those numbers yeah, I was gonna out say, of the water. We were prepared for that and we were kind of bummed, like thinking that's it, like that's all you're gonna get. I'm gonna spend no. 15 bucks per person. So 60 bucks a day. a day to pay for Genie Plus, which gives me the opportunity to essentially cut the line. That's, that's what Genie mm -hmm. Plus does, is it gives you access to the lightning lane for some attractions within the parks. When you go into the lightning lane, you're skipping 90% of yeah. the line. I mean, I think the longest that we waited in line with the Genie Plus was maybe 10, 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was really the higher like demand rides. We never really stayed in, in the lines very long. There were some times when we just got to the ride as we were going past, going to like other rides and you'd time it out and be like, well, we could get in line for this ride, not using a Genie Plus, spend 20 minutes in line, do that, and still have time to go make our next Genie Plus one that we had scheduled. We got quite a bit done. I, there was literally, I think the only one, well, we didn't do Tower of Terror because of you and the kids. None, Nobody wanted to go with me. Rightfully so. I know, it's such a great ride. <laughs> if it didn't do that droppy thing, I'd be fine with it. And that's kind of the point. Well, I don't like the droppy thing. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, Rock and Roller Coaster was closed. So those were two that we didn't get to do or i didn't get to do one and we didn't get to do the other but otherwise i think pretty much we did everything that we wanted to do and got it all done within a reasonable amount of time yeah we don't um, want this to turn into a genie plus episode but sure. in, in essence there's two lanes there's two lines to get into certain rides yeah. there's the standby line which everybody gets into the standby line you don't pay for that that's completely free that comes with your park ticket <laughs> i was gonna say it's not free but yeah right but those lines for the more um, popular rides can can get yeah, and you and that's another crazy thing. crazy numbers that Genie, two hours the Genie app gives you you know a breakdown of all the rides and you can see each one individually and see the wait time. But you can also look at the map and the map will have little boxes or little speech bubbles like yeah. on there that will show you what the wait time is. And we found that they they do tend to overestimate a little bit, but it does give you a good idea of how much time you'd be waiting in line. So with Genie rides. Plus and access to the lightning lane, then you can skip that line again, cut that cut that number down, that wait time 
Uh, 90%. Yeah, pretty significantly. Again, Disney markets it and says that on average in each park, you're going to get two to three lightning lanes per park per day. Magic Kingdom, which has the most rides available on Genie Plus, we actually did 16 different rides in one day, and they were all the top-tier rides. Mm-hmm. That was that was significant. Yeah. The only ones we didn't do were the mountains. We did do Big Thunder Mountain with the boys, but we did not do the Space Mountain, and we did not do Splash Mountain. Well, Splash Mountain was closed. Right. Yeah. It's still closed right now. And then the last... Ticket option. Option, I guess, is it. the Lightning Lane. Lightning Lane is its own animal. Individual Lightning Individual lane. Lightning Lane. I guess that's probably why it gets yeah. confused, because they call the Genie Plus the Lightning Lanes. Well, Genie Plus, you're using the Lightning Lane, and then... There's the Lightning the Lane. The individual, individual Lightning Lane attraction. Yeah. So, the individual Lightning Lanes are paid rides. So, yes... Disney is making money every time they do these things because certain rides are, you can only use individual lightning lane. Or, I'm sorry, you can use individual lightning lane for certain rides and they have one to two rides, I think, per park. Oh, just one now. Just one. Okay, one ride per park that is an individual lightning lane. They also have a couple rides that are virtual queues. Tron is a virtual queue right now. Guardians. Guardians is a virtual queue. I think those are the only two that are still. Okay, so those two rides, you have to log into your app and get into a virtual queue, and those open at specific times. Thinking of those two rides in particular, just know that that's a virtual queue ride, and you're going to have to go through a different procedure if those are in your plans. The individual lightning lanes, though, you can pay. I'm trying to think of how much they were, but, I mean, they were kind of pricey as well to get those. I think $11, like, per ticket. Or that, was, that was the cheapest, and I think the most expensive was Rise of the Resistance, and that was somewhere in the neighborhood of close to 18 19 bucks additional. Oh, I thought that was Tron. Not Tron. <laughs> Sorry. I was Guardians? thinking Guardians, yeah, because we did yeah, that Guardians one. was up there, and Rise of the Resistance was up there. It can get expensive, but, again, you're bypassing everything to get that service, you are not waiting in the long lines. I will say one of the things we did notice when we did use that service, or you use a, even just using the Lightning Lane through Genie Plus, is that you skip a lot of the the cool effects and the extra in things the that they put in the queues. Yeah, so you're gonna bypass that, and especially in Guardians of the Galaxy, if you get to go through that where you see the whole thing, it's really incredible. You're gonna be in line for a long time. So it's yeah, kind the, of a the hard spot on all of this is. If you just buy a ticket to go into the park, you're going to have to wait in all the standby lines. Again, some of the very, very popular rides, it, depending on what happened with the weather, depending on what people want to ride that day, some of those rides, Seven Dwarves, is right when the park opens, it's over an hour. Yeah. And it, by midday, sometimes it's two hours. Rise of the Resistance at Park Open it's an hour. There's been several times that I've looked on it at peak, you know, park occupancy. It's almost three hours on that one ride. Yeah. So you imagine I'm, I'm given a certain amount of time during the day to get into the park and I'm waiting three hours in one line or, <laughs> or yeah, you I spend $19 for my crew. And we all get on when we're done. And we wait in line for 15 minutes. Yeah. It's again, kind of weighing that you've invested this much into this vacation. I love Disney. I love everything about Disney, but I will say that's definitely a business move on their part. They know that you've invested a lot of money into this vacation and they know that people who value their, like they, they want to use their time, like to the 
the best ability, their best ability, then they're going to invest in those things too. And we did. And I don't regret it one bit. I thought every investment that we made for that, it made our day great. So rides and shows, you got to manage your day. You got to schedule all that stuff out. Genie will allow you to do that. Genie Plus will allow you to do it quicker, meaning that you get through the lines faster. Individual Lightning Lane, now you can go head of line privileges, essentially, for one ride in each park, and it's a specific ride. And you can only do that once. Once a day. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you, so now you got to eat. Yes, because you're starving. All right. So one of the things I want to say, obviously different types of options. There's going to be sit down, quick service, snacks, all kinds of th- stuff. There's um, carts that you can run into that they're serving. For example, the Magic Kingdom, it's got a cart that's got cheeseburger egg, egg rolls. <laughs> oh. Very yummy. Yeah. Those are really good. I actually was surprised. Now I want a cheeseburger egg roll. I know. I, I actually wasn't sure I was going to like those because it says it's a like basically a Big Mac wrapped up into an egg roll. Not the bread, but the the filling and the meat. And I don't like pickles, and I don't like onions, and I don't like mustard. Took a bite, and I was like, I could taste those things, but you didn't bite into those things. And that made a big difference for me, and I was able, I really I actually enjoyed those. Anyway, I digress. Um, lots of... <laughs> Lots of different choices. We're trying to be like aware. We don't want to go as long as we went last week. (laughs) All right. One of the things that we did for every park was, I don't know if we did it for every park, but I think we did it for every park. We had made reservations for sit-down restaurants. And in the end, we did zero of them. We did not do one sit-down restaurant. And the reason was there were so many other options. There were so many things, and it was hot. We weren't as hungry as we thought we were going to be. Right. We were thirsty. We were drinking a lot, but we were not really eating a whole lot. It just didn't seem like a good use of our time, especially when we wanted to take breaks and we wanted to leave the park for part of the day. It didn't seem like I wanted to, or we didn't want to spend another two hours or an hour and a half to two hours in a sit-down restaurant. Now, having said that, I've heard, because we never did any of them, there's lots of great options. If that's something you want to do, you're looking forward to doing, then by all means do it. For us, it just wasn't a value add. Like it didn't bring anything to our trip. We decided to cancel those reservations and just do quick service. um, And snacks. And snacks. We were plenty, like we had plenty of options and plenty of things to eat. Again, what's your motto? You got to know your crew. Know your crew. And you got to know how you roll. Yes, because if you know those things and you know that having a sit-down meal isn't going to be a huge thing for your kids or you have some elderly with you and it will be a big deal, then then that might be a good option. Kind of just know what you're looking for. Disney, you do you are allowed to bring in treats and some sam- like you want to bring in sandwiches, you can bring in sandwiches, you can bring in sealed treats. snacks. You can bring in a lot of different things and every place that you go to quick service, they will give you free water, yep. ice water throughout the day. So if you just want to go up there and get two, five, 12 cups of ice water, they will give you the ice water, no questions asked, and you don't have to purchase anything. Oh, good thing to to understand is that through the Genie app, you are able to pre-order your food at quick service locations. Yeah, that was a great, that was a great so thing. So once you, once you got the hang of this and you understood it, you were knocking this out when we went to all the parks and it, it worked out perfectly. We would get in line for a ride and we're getting into that late breakfast, early lunch period where we're starting to get hungry, we would get in line for a ride and you would start putting in an order at the at a quick service location that was near us. You'd just submit the order. Well, you could pick the time you were going to pick it up too. Right. Mm-hmm. 
once you get near that location, you hit another button says that says, here. I'm here, assemble your order, and then they give you a notification on your app saying that your order is ready. You and just walk to up to the up. counter and show, show them the phone, and hey, you walk away. Yeah, and we did that quite a few times, and it yeah. was always super convenient. I think the first time we, we didn't, I think, was at Toy Story, and you waited at the Woody's right. um, lunchbox. Yep. And you waited quite a long time. Yeah. And then after that, we were like, oh, yeah, we're not doing this again. And, uh, yeah, we used it every single time then. The other thing to know about food in the parks is that breakfast is not a strong suit for quick service in the parks. They will have a restaurant that does a full-blown character dining breakfast, and it's full sit-down. You're locked into hour, hour 15, hour and a half of your time. Quick service, I just want to get a breakfast sandwich. I just want to get, they, they don't have a lot of that within the parks. And, and I think they, they just kind of recognize that most customers come into the parks, they've already eaten at their hotels, they've eaten yeah. off property. and, and Well, and it's just, ama- like if you're coming into the park, the last thing you want to do is to go immediately to go get something to eat. Right. Like you want to look around and you want to enjoy the park. So, But just know that going in, yeah. breakfast, quick service, it's going to be tough to find. There there are places, but it's, it's going many. to be tough. Yeah, not as many. That's Lunch good, and dinner, point. everything Lots. is yeah. open. And I know there's there's lots of debate on that too, like whether or not Disney has good food or doesn't have good food. We've had all different types of food. We've had things that we would definitely get again. I mean, things that we literally get every time we go. Other things that we're like, yeah, that was a one and done. Not going to do that one again. I would challenge anybody that might ever listen to this podcast. Tell me that you go to McDonald's and you just fall in love with that <laughs> food and uh, you go back time and time again simply because it's it's a five-star dining as far as you're concerned. That Nobody is like that. Right. Quick service in the parks. It is what it is. It it satisfies a need. But there's some good options. And and there are some really good options in there, but it's not, you know, fantastic food. Yeah. It's not like going to make or break you as far as that. All right. right. It is worth mentioning for those folks that would like to have a cocktail in the parks. (laughs) Like we are having right now. Magic Kingdom, you're not going to find them. You are not going to be able to just walk up to a counter service location to a cart and nope. get an alcoholic beverage to to walk around the park. The only place in Magic Kingdom are going to be those sit-down dining options where you're going to order it with your meal and, and there's no to-go. Magic Kingdom was structured a very specific mm-hmm. way. Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom, there are plenty of locations Booze. throughout <laughs> all of those parks where you can just walk up, grab a beer, grab a cocktail, and walk through the park. There are plenty of options. They have lounges and all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some of them are really fantastic. Yeah. We have mentioned this multiple, multiple times. The Florida weather from, I would say, late spring to late fall, you have to plan that every single day there is a really high possibility that it's going to rain. And some of the rainstorms in in Orlando, they get mm-hmm. really nasty, really fast. It's going to be torrential downpour, lightning. Then but they move 20 through. minutes later, yeah. it's going to clear up. And the sun will come back out. Back on the your way. The humidity will be over 7,000%. <laughs> it does get a little bit worse at the afternoon because all that rain is going to have to evaporate off the concrete. Then once that's done, it kind of gets better. But understand, too, that if it does lightning... 
if, if there's lightning and thunder in the area, a lot of the rides will shut down during that time. So be prepared that if it's an indoor ride, a lot of people will rush to the indoor rides and they will stay open. But a lot of the rides that either go outside or have outdoor queues even because they don't want people standing in those lines, they will shut down until that storm passes, until they're out of the um, red zone for any lightning. If there's no lightning. A lot of stuff stays open. I think you just got to come to grips with. You know, play in the rain. Just need to soldier on. And play in the but rain. If, like, but have if fun you, with it. Yeah, <laughs> if you've planned for it, if you're wearing just regular shoes and socks and, you know. Well, we did. We You brought, um like. I wore my swim, uh, waterproof shoes. Water shoes, yeah. The and water the, shoes. The kids had theirs, too. Always in. And then we each brought a pair of, like, not flip-flops, but sandals, just in case our shoes got wet and they needed to dry off for a while. And that we, we, we could put those on. We had ponchos. Uh, we did not have umbrellas. You can bring umbrellas. You're going to get wet. I mean, the rain comes down, like like you said, a torrential downpour. You're going to get wet, but you dry off pretty quickly. And, you know, no harm, no foul. I mean, it's just part of the experience. And um, most of the time, if it wasn't thundering and lightning, the kids like the kids literally were just playing in the puddles and right. playing in the rain. And it was fun. And you can get mad if you want to get mad, but it's all part of the experience and and it's part of your vacation, so it you know, will, put your energy where you want it. You know? It will impact your vacation. Yeah. And if you want to be negative about it, it will ruin potentially your yeah. vacation. But if you know it's coming and you just you know, just roll with the punches, yeah. it's not impossible to deal with. Yeah. Pre planning. Crowds. If you don't like crowds, nobody likes to be in massive crowds. Nobody wants to be squished up against 500 of their friends they've never met before. That is part of the Disney experience. There's a lot of people going to be there. A lot of people have spent a lot of money on this vacation. For a lot of people, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. For a lot of people, they've traveled a very far way to come to this trip. You can be nasty, and we've seen people be nasty. In the end, whose vacation? Who benefits? Yeah, whose vacation is it? It's your vacation. Be positive. Take Take it. With um, a grain of salt, you know, like, or what's the saying? Um, roll with it, you know, like you said. <laughs> Just enjoy it. Remember that all these other people are trying They're to enjoy. The same boat. Yeah, all trying to enjoy their vacation too. And then on that note, the other thing is, there's a lot of cast members that work there. A lot of cast members who are standing out in the sun day after day after day. Sometimes dealing with very mean and very entitled people. Sometimes Getting day after day. Ridiculously high wages, like. an hour. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and who work so hard every day. I was a cast member there. I worked inside. I was very lucky to work indoors. But there's a lot of people who work out outdoors every single day. Be kind to the cast members. Be kind to the people that you're working with. Smile, say thank you. And I will just say, I think it goes a long way. It does. All right. The last couple of things that we're going to talk about is tactical use of rest days and midday breaks. Rest days... 29,000 steps in Magic Kingdom on one day. Now, the following day, we had a rest day. We had built that into our vacation. We spent the day at the pool, Mm -hmm. and we were able to recuperate. And, you know, it wasn't horrible. No, we went out to Gideon's out in town, too. Yeah, we we went to Disney Springs and did another 12,000 steps at Disney Springs. Well, yeah, but we didn't get Gideon's there because it was so crowded, so we went out in town. We believe it's important that you plan as part of your vacation that you are going to have a day that you do not go to the parks. Best thing ever. Best thing ever. Mm -hmm. We learned this the hard way 
once we got this into our routine, it is phenomenal to enjoy being in the parks. And then, hey, the next day, we're not going to the park, so we can go a little bit longer, see a little bit more stuff than we normally would. Rest days are fantastic. Please, please, Two up. please plan that into your day. Midday breaks. Getting out of the park. I am an extreme introvert. I'm not like a troll that hides in the basement or anything like that, but I I drain. I get drained being around people and having to carry on conversations. So it's weird that we like Disney because that is who you are but, in a lot of ways. you mentioned it, and, and I think this is really true, is you're autonomous. You're not, you don't have to interact with the people there. There's a ton of people there. You're right, yeah. And you're, you're going through the crowds and you're going through the lines, but I don't have to sit and have a conversation with them. I can, I can hide within the other yeah. 10,000 people that are walking through to True. watch the fireworks. Yeah. By midday, I am, I'm really starting to drag and drain and just being able to go back to the hotel for, for me and then not have to carry on a conversation to just, I could just stare at this palm tree waving back and forth at the pool. That's how I get re-energized. Now I, I can get some energy. I can go back to the park where Enjoy I it. would where I would normally want to be going to bed at eight o'clock, I, I could go all the way to eight fifteen or eight thirty. Yeah, you crazy. Uh, yeah, it gets it gets wacky. <laughs> you wild. Midday breaks are really beneficial yeah. too. It's great for the kids. They got to go into the pool. They got to swim. We've done it, mm-hmm. or we've left and we've gone to the pool. And I I think they're great. You? I do too. No, a hundred percent. All right, we've covered kind of this. The The, basics, really, because, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking there's so many more things I'd like to tell you, but this isn't the purpose of this one. This is just a, here's some things to think about. The more you get into going to the parks, there's going to be more things that you see. So, I mean, I felt like every time we go to the parks, it wasn't like we were done and just like ready to be done. And and then we go home and never think about Disney again. You're literally already planning your next Disney vacation as you're leaving. (laughs) Yeah. This podcast is really allowing us to stay in that Disney moment to be able to relive some of these experiences, some of these memories, and to continue talking about these things, these experiences that we've learned, and we're just trying to pass it on to to somebody that might be beneficial. Yeah, and through our future episodes, we'll try to touch on some of the things that we didn't get to in this episode. More specific. Yeah, yeah. more specific. Okay, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening as we go over that second episode of our Disney 101. Wherever we wander. Wherever we roam, we'll take you with us next time on Wandering Mouse. <laughs>